Well, uh, I grew up in the church. And I grew up in a church that would talk about hearing God. Well, God said this to me. I'd hear people say, God said this, and um, I'm doing this because God told me to do this. Then I went on to a Christian college and went to Bible school, and I heard, well, here's what you got to do. You got to, you got to find the will of God. You got to listen to God till He tells you what to do. Now, nowhere along the way did anybody ever tell me how to do that or what it really meant, but I just knew I wasn't necessarily experiencing that. I wasn't having heavy revies, you know, in the middle of the night, uh, telling me, you know, here's the next step to take. And, and yet I was going to college with people who literally would, they would, they said, they, they wouldn't eat anything or drink anything until God told them to. I'm going, well, something's wrong with me or something's wrong with you. I'm not sure which one it is, but something's not right here. And then we began new life and we continued using those phrases, hearing from God. And I remember there were times that I felt like I got a sense from God. This is where I was supposed to go. The reason I came to Columbus was because I got a sense from God and felt like God was telling me, go to Columbus. Now for Terry, that was an even bigger challenge because she didn't even know where Ohio was at the time. So when God said go to Ohio, she had to look at a map. No, she'll tell you. She'll tell you. So I, I remember, you know, through the years, I, I know there have been times when I feel like God spoke to me. But, you know, often it was at high points like camp or, you know, a week-long revival where maybe by day five you're just so worn out God can get through. I'm not sure. But then about four years ago, we started traveling to Costa Rica to do ministry. And I was thrown into a situation where the way that ministry is done there is very much listening to God. So we'd have prayer times. They'd say, now people are going to come forward for prayer and expect you to pray for them and you need to pray for what God desires in their life. And of course the problem was there was a language barrier. So it wasn't like I could say, what is it you want me to pray for? That makes it really easy, doesn't it? So we were put in a setting where it was very much, you kind of had to find out what God said. And they said, here's how they, and they gave us a way to do that. Here's how to find out what God's saying. And I remember that first time, we were in a little bitty room, probably the size of this platform, and there were about 60 people in it. And I was told to pray for this guy. And I remember very distinctly hearing God say, pray this. Pray this. And as I began to pray that, they began to weep. Well, the interesting thing was, he didn't speak English any better than I spoke Spanish. But the Holy Spirit spoke the Holy Spirit. And so for these last four years, I've tried to figure out in a deeper way what it really means to hear the voice of God. Recently, we've begun a ministry here, our prayer partner ministry, which I'll talk about here in just a little bit, uh, a little more in a little bit. But we started a prayer partner ministry, the idea being to help new lifers get more in touch with what it means to hear the voice of God in their life. Not just a, a prayer ministry for Aunt Gertrude's bunions, but a prayer ministry that says, as someone comes forward, what we desire more than anything is that they hear the voice of God. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? 
Not what do I have to say in prayer, but what does God have to say to you? And so on this first day of the new year, I realized that I got to speak on the last day of one year and the first day of the next year. So I've already spoken, I've spoken twice and it's been in two different years, which is kind of strange. We're going to talk this morning about hearing the voice of God. And I have two goals and I'll just tell you up front what they are. One, that you would know this morning that God wants to speak to you. That you would leave this place knowing God wants to speak to me. And then two, that you can hear His voice. You can hear His voice. God wants to speak to you. To each one of us. And we can hear His voice. In John chapter 10, and you'll find this on your outline, and that's uh, you can find that outline in your worship folder this morning. In John chapter 10, beginning in verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. I just want to hone in on this phrase, my sheep, what? Hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And then what? And they follow me. We're going to talk about this in just a few moments, but it is implicit in hearing the voice of God that we do what? We follow the voice of God, that we obey. God does not, for no reason, speak to us just so that we can say, well, I heard the voice of God. There's always a point to it. Well, we see that this is how God has worked since the beginning of time. God spoke in the Old Testament, that time before the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1.1 says, in the past, meaning before the incarnation, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. In the Old Testament, God spoke in different ways. God spoke through angels and visions, and dreams, and miraculous signs, and even gentle whispers. When God spoke, there were three things that we can see as He spoke to individuals. That it was unique to the individual. It was a unique message for each individual. Now, it may have been a message in the case of the prophets for an entire nation, but it was unique to that specific prophet. We also see God speaking to individuals for them. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. This is the direction you are to take. Second, it was clearly God who had spoken. When God speaks, we know it's Him. When you hear the voice of God, you will be able to know that it is the voice of God. And in the Old Testament, that's what we see, is that it was clearly the voice of God. We see that because of their responses. God would speak, and they would acknowledge that the Lord was speaking to them. And then third, it was clear what God had said. It was never muddled. It was clear that what God had said. Abraham, go. Now that's all he got. But it was clear that God had said go. 
The next sentence was, I'll tell you where you're going later. But go. To Moses. Moses, go deliver the people. All through the Old Testament. Now it's interesting, when you look at Genesis 1 and 2, you discover, we discover that God's original intent was to speak directly with His creation. I believe that's how God intended it. God wanted to speak directly with His creation. God and Adam and Eve conversed with each other in the garden. The relationship between God and humans was intended to be an intimate and ongoing one of conversation and communion. We see this. It says, and they walked in the garden. God walked with Adam in the garden. Now, wouldn't that have been cool? You get a knock at your door. Well, I don't know if Adam had a door, but if he had a door. God knocks on that door and says, let's go for a walk. That would have been very cool, wouldn't it? That was God's original intent. You see, it was sin that messed it up. And it's interesting to note in Genesis 3.1 that Satan's method of tempting Eve is to cause her to question what God had said. Isn't that what he says? If you think about it, read backwards now. The fact that he's questioning what, getting her to question what God has said means that God had spoken to her. And he moves on from there to get her to question God's motives for what he had told them. Well, you know, the reason God said that is because he doesn't want you to know certain stuff. That's what his motive is. You know, I find this is a common issue even today in striving to hear the voice of God. We question whether what God whether what God has actually said. And then we question his motives for saying it. Satan has learned no new tactics. He continues to use the same ones. And even today, when God desires to speak to us and tries to speak to us, we question, was that really what he said? Is that really what he said? See, why did this work with Eve? Well, because she wanted... It sounded good. Well, wait a minute. Maybe that's not really what he said. Now i got to think about it. And then, of course, she came to the wrong conclusion. Don't we do that? Well, wait a minute. That couldn't have been what God had said because that's just that doesn't seem to make sense. Or maybe I've got a different... Well, if I put a little bit of myself in here, then I'll kind of get this thing that I kind of want. Well, why is God telling me that? Well, He just doesn't want me to be happy. God doesn't want me to be happier. God doesn't want me to have more. God doesn't want, you know. So we still question His motives today. God's original intent was to speak directly to His creation. His original intent was for us to walk in conversation and communion with Him. God continued to speak in the New Testament, in the Gospels, God continues to speak and He does it through a man named Jesus. God came directly to us to speak. In John 14, 9 and 10, it says, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does His works. 
Jesus came and spoke the Word of God. In Acts and the rest of the New Testament, God continues to speak, doesn't He? He does it in a new way. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who comes and is the promised indweller of every Christ follower. In 1 Corinthians 6, it says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. The Holy Spirit lives in every Christ follower. And this is the ultimate encounter with God. What kind of encounter with God would be better than Him living within us? Why does He live within us? Because He wants to speak to us. He wants us to hear His voice. The Holy Spirit is always present with the believer and He can speak to you at any time. You hear what God's saying? I want to speak to you. You can hear my voice. And I want to speak to you so badly that I have come and indwelt you. I have come and put the Holy Spirit inside of you so that you can hear my voice. And God continues to speak today. Psalm 95, verse 7 and 8 says, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. John 10, 2-4 But He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To Him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear His voice and He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. And when He has brought out all His own, He goes before them and the sheep follow Him and they know His what? Voice. Hebrews 3, which is a quote from Psalm 95, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. I wonder if God in His wisdom realized that somewhere along the line, some Christian would say, well, you know, we're New Testament Christians. We don't pay attention to the Old Testament. So, in order to make sure that those folks would listen to the voice of God, he quotes the Old Testament in the New Testament. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my what? Voice. And opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. God speaks by the Holy Spirit to us. And we can hear Him. And He speaks through several ways. The Bible. I have a friend who says 95% of what God wants you to know is right here. If you want to know the will of God, know this. He speaks through the Bible. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through circumstances. And He speaks through the church and the people of God's community to reveal Himself and His purposes and His ways. As I said earlier, this is really what the prayer partner ministry is all about. is to help reveal to us as individuals God's purpose and His ways and Himself. 
If you come forward and share with a prayer partner, here's kind of what they'll do. I'm going to walk you through what they'll do so you kind of know what's happening. You'll come up to them. They'll say, what is it you've come for? What's God doing? What's, what is it that you need? What's your need today? What is God saying to you? What's going on? What is it you want me to pray about? And then as you share that, here's probably the first thing. And prayer partners, you better be doing what I'm telling you to. Okay, so listen. The next thing they'll say is, all right, well, let's pray about that. And then they will say this. Holy Spirit, Come and speak in whatever way that you desire into this situation. And then they're going to get quiet. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to listen for the voice of God while you listen for the voice of God. What we find is that God speaks into those moments. And after a few moments of silence, the prayer partner will probably ask you, what do you sense God saying to you? Because here's how God works. If he wants to talk to you, guess what his first way of trying to do that is? To talk to you. Now, some of us need a little more help, and it's a struggle, and I understand that. So what the prayer partner is praying while all this is going on is, if you want to tell me something about this situation, you can please do that. And often a prayer partner will have something to share with you, and it may not be what you came for. Because often God uses a situation like that to say, here's what I want to say to you. Here's this thing going on you didn't even know it was going on. Well, what about this? That's what's happening in these prayer times. You see, if you come forward and say, here's what's happening in my life physically. I'm struggling physically. I desire healing. We need to kind of find out what God wants to do in that situation, don't we? And we'll pray, God, if you want to heal, do it right now. We believe in that right now, right? God can heal. God still heals. Absolutely. So we pray for it. And we see it. We see it happen. And God in His sovereignty will choose to heal in a moment. And then there are times we pray and God... I've had people come back who have, I've prayed with and said, here's what happened this week in my life. Here's what happened in my body this week. Here's what happened in my emotions this week. That's what these prayer partners are here for. Now lots of times I, I feel like what we do is we decide, well, is this something I really want somebody to pray with me about? The answer is yes. These are people who have been trained and in most cases they're gifted to hear the voice of God and to help you do that too. When the Holy Spirit's speaking to us, He is leading us into a deeper relationship with Him. That is His first desire. That's always been His desire, isn't it? Just as in salvation... And you say, I don't know if I've ever heard the voice of God. Well, if you've given your life to Christ, you've heard the voice of God at least once. Now, where we got the idea that it ends there, I'm not sure. You've heard the Holy Spirit speak to you at least once, saying, 
You know you're a sinner. And the way that you can know the Father is through Jesus Christ. And understanding that He came and He lived a perfect life without sin, that He died for the sake of your and my sin, that that sacrifice was enough to pay the payment that God required. And He came and said, here's my righteousness and here's your sin, let's trade. And He takes on our sin and we get His righteousness. And the Holy Spirit, at one point in your life, spoke those words, didn't He? And he died for the sake of our sin and then He rose again, conquering sin and death, the Bible says. And it was proven. It was proven that He rose again Not just in theory, but when people saw Him. And He asks us and invites us into relationship with Him. And He chooses us. And the Holy Spirit draws us. And you remember that moment when the Holy Spirit drew you to Himself and you said yes? You heard the voice of God. And you answered that voice. Some of you this morning may be a seeker. You're not yet in relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not a Christ follower. And this morning, maybe already you are hearing Him say, here's what you need to do. I am drawing you to Myself. You see, God doesn't give us a thing. He gives us Himself. And if you've heard God once, then you can hear God again. Because God wants to continue to speak and you can hear Him. Francis Chan said, How can we have rooms of people who claim to have the Holy Spirit of God Almighty inside their bodies? God Almighty inside of you? And your life looks just like everyone else? No wonder we're shutting down churches. See, often we don't hear the voice of God. 1 Kings 19 Very interesting passage. This is the call of the prophet Elijah. And starting in verse 10, we read this. He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away, Elijah says. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of what? A low whisper. Guess where the Lord was? In the low whisper. Only when Elijah listened to the whisper of God, it wasn't what he expected, and it wasn't the easiest thing to hear, was it? But only then, when he heard the whisper of God, did he hear God. And the rest of the passage is God's call on the prophet's life. But until he got rid of all the noise and all the stuff surrounding it, and heard the whisper of God. 
Did he really hear God's voice? We listen to God in the noise, don't we? Well, God, if you'll speak to me in an earthquake or a fire or wind, speak to me in a storm, I'll hear that. If you'll shout really loud, God, I'll hear you. God often speaks in a whisper. We don't often, we often don't hear God's voice. I think there's some reasons for that. And here for a few minutes, indulge in my opinions, okay? One, we don't take the time to listen. If you want to hear the voice of God, you have to devote time and effort to building a love relationship with Him. Isn't that just like any other relationship? You know the old joke about the couple who goes to counseling, they've been married for 40 years, and the wife says, well, he never tells me he loves me. And the husband's response is, I told you 40 years ago I loved you. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. What was not happening? There was not an investment in the love relationship. If we want to hear the voice of God, and when I say hear the voice of God, I don't mean at summer camp or at a revival meeting or twice a year on a big Sunday. I mean on a regular basis. What I'm talking about is when we are people who come to God regularly. That daily, there are moments when we hear His voice speak. Why, can I, why do I say that? Well, because His original intent was that we would walk in communion and conversation with Him, right? And what did Jesus come to do? He came to give us all that back. All that was lost in the fall. All that was lost because of sin, Jesus came to give, his, give us back. And I believe a huge part of that is that we can hear the voice of God. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Why should we not hear that one that lives in us? We just don't take the time to do it. Mark Driscoll has said, many Christians sacrifice fruitfulness for busyness. Our busyness causes us to not take the time to listen. Number two, we listen for it in the wrong place. We listen for it in the wrong place. Luke 8.18 says, Take care then how you hear. Take care then how you hear. For the, to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Be careful and take care then how you hear. Consider how you listen. Number three, we have unconfessed sin. And this impacts the relationship. Unconfessed sin can keep us from hearing God's voice. And this is dangerous territory in living in continued unconfessed sin as believers. Amos 8 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land. Now listen carefully. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. Sin 
impacts our ability to hear the voice of God. Maybe today you're in a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. See, when we hear the voice of God and we don't respond, a time will come possibly when we don't hear His voice. Romans 1.24 says, Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among them. These are people who, as you read Romans 1, you discover these are people who had every opportunity to hear the voice of God and decided to ignore it. The words we don't want to hear from God to, to us is that He gave up on us. Number four, maybe a reason we don't hear the voice of God is self-centeredness. Now, I'll just go through this one fast because I know nobody's struggling with this. Self-centeredness. A self-centered life tends to confuse its selfish desires with God's voice, doesn't it? Deep down knowing that it's not God's voice at all, but we come up with ways to make it. Self-centeredness. What is that? It's when we get to the place where it's we say, I want what I want, when I want it, how I want it. And if there's one thing I'm seeing more of in the Christian culture today, it is people who are using religion and God's voice and God told me this to do extremely selfish things. Thinking that if they cloak it in, well, I heard God told me this, I heard God's voice. That they can do whatever they please. We'll talk about this again in a moment. But self-centeredness can cause us to not hear the voice of God. The last three here are really a little more positive than those. Maybe you're not hearing the voice of God because He wants to reveal more of yourself to Him than you expected. He wants to reveal more of Himself to you than you expected. Ever heard of a guy named Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha? They felt like Jesus didn't listen to them, didn't they? Felt like He didn't listen to them. Why? What was their plan? What was their expectation? Lazarus was sick, right? What did they want Jesus to come and do? Come and heal him. You know what Jesus does? Takes a detour, and not a short one, and gets there after Lazarus has died. Why? Because... God wanted to reveal more of Himself to them than they had expected. See, what they had expected was a healer. Guess what God gave them? A dead razor. Don't quote me on that. Their, their expectation, don't our expectations get in the way, but God wants to reveal more of Himself to us than we'd expected? And maybe you just want a healer. You want a fixer. God, come along and fix this. God, God, come along and take this from me. Well, maybe God wants to, you to realize that He's your strength. And He's your strong tower. Maybe there's more there than you expect. Number six, God is preparing you for something, for a deeper understanding of Himself. I just lost my mic. God is preparing you for a deeper understanding of Himself. You see, God doesn't want you to just know what He does. He wants you to know Him. He wants me not to just see the things that He does. 
He wants me to know Him intimately. And He wants me to come to a deeper understanding of Himself. That is His priority. Not to fix our stuff. Not to step into every situation and make it go away. But bring us to the place where we know Him more intimately and love Him more passionately. Number seven, maybe God is bringing you into a state of absolute dependence on and trust in Him. He's bringing you into a state of absolute dependence and trust in Him. There is a difference between a desire to hear God's voice and full obedience. I want to hear what God has to say. Okay. But God wants you to obey. God wants me to obey when I hear His voice. So God speaks today. But I want to remind you that God has a word for you today. I want to give you some practical ways that I think that you can begin to more regularly hear the voice of God. One, seek the Holy Spirit's direction. Say, duh. Well, I don't think a lot of us seek the Holy Spirit's direction. I think we think up our own stuff and then ask for God's stamp of approval. Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our what? Our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We desperately need the Holy Spirit to pray for us. And He, he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Seek the Holy Spirit's direction. I like how Francis Chan put it. God does not tell us to simply memorize what He wants us to do or what He desires for us to do. He wants us to obey. And He tells this great story in a a way only, if you know who Francis Chan is, a way only He can. So I feel like I need to be going like this and screaming. He's very passionate. And He tells this story about His daughter. He says, when I tell my daughter, go clean your room, what do I want her to do? I want her to clean her room. I don't want her to come back and say, Dad... I memorized what you told me. You told me to clean my room. He said, what am I going to do when she tells me that? I'm going to tell her, then go clean your room. God doesn't want us to just memorize the things that He has said. He wants us to do the things that He has said. I know a lot of people who know the Word of God and don't do it. I hope your desire is to know it and do it. To not just be stirred, but be changed. Let's be people who are changed by the Word of God. When God says, go clean your room, guess what we do? We go clean our room. So God has a word for you. Seek the Holy Spirit's direction. Also, determine where the voice is coming from. Inside or outside? Now, I realize the Spirit is in us, but what I want to... I'm using inside and outside to mean, is it coming from the flesh? Or is it coming from the Spirit? Maybe it's even coming from the enemy. Is this God actually speaking to me? Or is this trying to get God's stamp of approval on what it is I want to do? Let me give you two simple questions to ask yourself that I think are 
They work 100% of the time. If on any given situation, you ask yourself these questions, you can determine whether it's God speaking to you. One, does what I am hearing or sensing draw me closer to Christ or away from Him? Does what I am hearing draw me closer into relationship with Christ or does it draw me away from Him? Don't you think that's an easy question to answer? Should be. Here's what I believe God's telling me to do. Here's what I'll ask you. Is that going to draw you closer to Christ? Well, no. Well, then don't do that. That's probably not from God. Let me rephrase. That's not from God. Because what is God's desire? That we grow in intimate relationship with Him. To take us back to His original intent of communion and communication with Him, right? That's where He wants to get us. If it draws us further away from Him, then that's not God. Second question, am I sensing conviction or accusation? Am I sensing conviction or accusation? Now this is critical. The Holy Spirit convicts. And our flesh and the enemy accuse. You know the difference? Conviction is when you hear, Bob, do you know what you said to Sally at work? You need to go and make that right. Accusation is, you will never get this Christian thing right. You are terrible. You will never be able to do this. Another piece of this is that this conviction from God is always specific. God always convicts in specifics. Over here, the enemy accuses in generalities. What is it about generalities? Well, we can't do anything about... What are we supposed to do with them? You are a terrible person. Well, thank you for that. Got it. What am I supposed to do about it? That's not God drawing you closer to Himself. That's an accusation. What do accusations tend to do? They discourage us, don't they? Totally discouraging. But conviction, if we listen with a heart desiring to know God, conviction is great because we know exactly what to do and how to do it. Third, discern its content. Here's the guide for anything you hear. If it violates Scripture, it is not from God. John 7.17 says, if, anyone, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. Knowing God's voice comes from an intimate love relationship with God. And if you're not in pursuit of Jesus, it will cause you to be undiscerning. Why do you need to be in pursuit of Jesus? Well, God gave us Scripture to be in pursuit of Him. This is His Word to us. We cannot do this. I'll set aside my Bible and I'll listen for the voice of God. No, this is the voice of God. And God will not violate what He has said. Another strange phenomenon in the church today, I believe, around the world, is to say that God has told us something and then 
When I hear it, I realize, wait, that completely violates Scripture. Well, God told me that. Not so much. Now, I do believe that God speaks to those who are in a struggle with their relationship. If you're here today and you're struggling in your relationship with God, I do believe He will speak to you. I also believe, as I said earlier, that He speaks to the person who doesn't even know Him. But here is His message. I will tell you what God's voice is saying to you today. Come home. Come home. Step back into relationship with me. Or... Listen to the conviction of my Holy Spirit to give your life to me. He's saying, give your life fully over to me. I offer you life, complete and full in Christ. Obey. Number four, take time to listen. We talked about this earlier. Many of us do not take the time and make the effort to listen to God. Take the time to listen. If your day is so busy that you cannot listen to God and spend time building a love relationship with Him, then your day is too busy. And only you have the ability to do anything about it. I remember somebody in college, I remember hearing this in college, we do what we want to do. If you want to know God and you want to hear His voice, then do it. If I want to know God and want to hear His voice, then I need to take the time, I need to set aside the time and put forth the energy to do that. Number five, practice spiritual concentration. Even all of those of you who have ADD, practice spiritual concentration. No allowance for spiritual ADD. Anticipate God's voice and activity. Do you come on a Sunday morning anticipating that here's a time God might, God will speak to me? Or maybe in your small group or in your private quiet times. You go in anticipating God's voice and His activity in your life. Watch for things that start happening that are unusual. Don't see them as distractions, but they may very well connect to what God is trying to say. God will use pictures and words, anything that makes sense to you to speak to you. In our prayer ministry, as well as in in more and more of our counseling here at New Life and our mentoring, what I find is the most important thing to do is for me to shut up. Stop giving advice and say, let's see what God has to say. And I'll tell you what happens. God speaks. And when God speaks something to you, <laughs> you get it. And it's way better than Pastor Steve or Pastor Brian or Pastor Jay or whoever saying something to you. There's nothing like it. When you hear the voice of God or you see a picture in your mind, you think, what in the world does that, what is that about? Why is God bringing this to mind? Don't discount it. Allow Him to tell you what it is. And then last, and probably the hardest, learn silence. Learn silence. In the quiet, you can hear God's voice. Remember, it's not in the wind, it's not, it's not in the fire, it's in a low whisper. Learn silence. Two words. When God speaks to you, two words. Yes, Lord. God's purpose is to draw you closer to Himself 
to deepen your relationship with Him. So our response needs to be, yes, Lord. Now, it seemed illogical to share this about hearing the voice of God and then say, all right, worship team, come. Let's take an offering. Have a good new year. Go enjoy your pork. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to practice silence. Now, you say, oh, well, we've done that before. This will be cool. 70 seconds from now we'll be done. No. I'm going to ask that no one, no one leave this room. If you need to move, that's fine. If you need to move to another spot in the auditorium, if you want to use your chairs as altars and kneel, whatever you'd like to do, whatever you sense that God would have you to do, we are going to take an extended period of time. It's not even 10 after 11 yet. It's barely 10 after 11. We're going to take an extended period of time. 10 minutes or so. Now, if last night's any indication, here's what's going to happen. At about five minutes, some of you are going to start getting antsy. I think what God's challenge to some of you is, you better listen longer than five minutes. I'm going to push you past your limit. I believe that God has some things to say to us today. And so, God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would set into this place in these coming minutes and that we would hear your voice. As we quiet ourselves before you, as we kneel before you, as we, with anticipation, come to you. God, whether your word is for us to give our lives to Christ, whether it's to come home, to repent, Or maybe it's a very detailed, specific thing for those who are following you closely and simply desire to hear your voice. Whatever it is, God, may your Holy Spirit come. We want more of your Holy Spirit in this place. Hover in this place and speak in whatever way you desire and brings you the most glory.